Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, one of my close friends, Vince Pierce. He leads a church up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grateful to have him on the show. He's been a dear friend uh, to me for, what, over a decade now? Over a decade. Over a decade. Thank you for being on the show and joining us to share about passion. Thank you for having me here, Derek. All right. So today we're going to talk about passion. I know conversations I've been having with you over the phone and even in person, um, it's been a topic that's been weighing on you that you've been reading about, studying, thinking about how it can help the next uh, group of leaders and how it can help even leaders today. So I'm, I'm excited about talking about it. And I know, I know you're excited about passion. I can I hear am. it whenever I, I can hear your enthusiasm come through whenever the topic comes up. Awesome. So the first little portion that we'll jump into today is we'll jump, talk about um, a fill in the blank section, which is, um, so we'll start with the first one is people with passion blank. Have great faith. Have great faith. Okay. Tell me more. Tell me more. Who, who or what stands out to you when you've seen somebody who's passionate? Uh, when I see someone who's passionate, they, they, they're excited. Uh, they're filled with enthusiasm about what they're talking about or what they're doing. Um, they're able to see not just what's happening right now, but they're able to see what the future could be. Mm -hmm. I, I think they also seem to be really strongly connected to God. Mm -hmm. And in your role as a minister, I know you, you continue to have that spiritual lens on continually. What would you say for, for even some people that are listening in that, Maybe they're not coming from a faith background, but they're still interested in the passion virtue and they want that in their lives. What would you say that to them about where um, about tapping into passion, perhaps without um, being on that faith journey? I think it's got to start with, you know, what is something you're excited about? What is something that you feel like makes a difference? What is something that matters mm -hmm. instead of just going through every day, going through the mundane routines? get up go to work uh but we're really having a, a purpose and a mission okay. for why i'm getting up this morning yes and in in your line of work have you seen people go from disinterested disengaged to passionate and in what has helped them get from one place to the other yeah absolutely including myself i think some of the things that's helped me is that I think times when my passion has been low or when I've been mm -hmm. uh, complacent in, in my walk with God or I think I think sometimes it's taking a conference. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's taking a book to kind of wake me up and, and ignite me to go, wow, you know, I do have a reason mm -hmm. to live today. I do have something that that God wants me to, to do with my life that that I, that I could do. And I need to really pursue that. Mm -hmm. Right. And as you and I were discussing last night, and I put on social media about uh, USAA, mm -hmm. and then um, and I and I, and I noted in, in that in that post, I mentioned that I had a meeting with with one of the leaders, and he asked if I would interview for a role at USAA, a role I did not apply for, mm -hmm. and he was opening he had an opening on his team, and I met with him for an hour just because just to catch up with an old friend. He then asked me if I'd be interested in interviewing for a role. And he, and he put out two numbers, $35 an hour and $45 an hour. Mm -hmm. He put that figure out. And it's interesting related to passion because as I wrestled with that personally, for me, it was that, that, that the dollar figure and then even the, the brand of USAA. It's a prestigious brand. It's known, if not worldwide, certainly nationally. And um, 
in the role itself was a relationship manager, which to me had an appeal to have that on my profile and on my resume. But I was asking myself, am I willing to sacrifice 40 hours a week, mm -hmm. 160 hours in a month, mm -hmm. in place of what I'm doing now, which I'm probably the most passionate I've ever been in, in my world right now, and what I get a chance to do to speak and coach and write and, and elevate people. And, uh, and it, it was a, a big battle for me to have to wrestle through um, do I want to step away from something I'm most passionate about with, uh, for something that's also really good? So what would you say to somebody who's wrestling through um, decision-making based on something they're passionate about, but then something that for some, a lot of people, in, in, uh, when they're offered a role like that, it could be based on um, comfort. Mm -hmm. So what, yeah. what, would you do, what would you say to help somebody navigate um, through that, that arena? I would say, you know, you got to ask yourself, what is God calling me to do with my life and with my time? You know, mm -hmm. our time here is very short. We can't mm -hmm. afford to waste time. Uh, what am I going to give my time and my energy to? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, to that point, that was the biggest question I was asking myself. Like, what does, how is God leading me? Mm -hmm. What does he want me to do? Because m money can be here today and gone tomorrow. That's right. And, but... The time that I have to influence people, I feel like it's, it's so finite. And, and I, I, I kind of go back to the end of my life, the end of my life situation. Is at the end of my life, what's going to be most important? Is it going to be um, how many zeros I have in my bank account? Right. And, and not that what I'm doing right now isn't profitable, but, but there's, a, there's a security blanket that can come with a role like that with a guarantee of... Hey, this is the, the, the dollar figure that's coming in at the end of every single week um, in that role. Next topic I want us to, to cover is the uh, topic of, so people without passion. Mm. Fill in that blank. People without passion are typically unhappy and bored with their life. Unhappy and bored with their life. That is, those are powerful, sobering words. So what helps you, or have you ever been in a situation where that was you, where I know you mentioned you have seasons, but what, was the, what served you as the biggest transition from maybe um, a period of your life where it was completely passionless mm -hmm. to becoming full of passion? What was that transition like for you? Yeah, I think one of the things that happened to me, and I had a job where I was making probably more money than I had probably more, more time any other time in my life. And I was making a lot of money, and I was, but I was working a lot of hours, and mm -hmm. I wasn't really happy or feeling purposeful at that job. I'm just doing a job. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I got called into the full-time ministry, uh, you know, that, that scared me because I knew it was going to pay far less than what mm -hmm. I was making. Uh, I also knew it was going to demand a lot more commitment and a lot more sacrifice on my side. But, uh, you know, after talking to a lot of a lot of different friends after being able to pray a lot and seek God's will and seek, well, what does God want me to do in praying mm -hmm. uh, a lot? I think I began to clear that, you know, it's better for me to live with passion for what I've been called to do by God than to accept a comfortable um, life that is not the reason why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, uh, and it's, it's interesting for me, observing your transition in this was, I remember, you know, early in our friendship, 
you were shared about this dream you had, mm-hmm. about this dream for full-time ministry. You, you wanted to speak and you wanted to preach and you were great at it. Mm-hmm. And I remember you being a, an avid student for learning. You know, you, I think you were the first person I ever met in my circle who actively sought to learn, not just when you're doing your personal reading time, but also when you're driving. I remember mm-hmm. we went on a road trip um, probably 10 or 11, maybe 12 years ago, where, no, probably um, more years than that, right? Like 13, 14. 13, 14? 14 years So ago. 14 years ago, I remember we went on a road trip and you popped in um, a sermon. I remember it was a Chip Mitchell sermon. Mm-hmm. And we, we listened to that as we were going over, I think, to your mom's house in uh, Corsicana. Mm-hmm. And, but it was the first time, it was my first experience seeing somebody else taking learning to that next level. Mm-hmm. Not, not just, okay, well, hey, I'm going to get some personal devotion, Bible reading in the morning, but also... Let me take that with me and let me make the most of my time um, as I go from place to place. And I think, I think there's some evidence of your passion mm-hmm. there. What, what would you say that, uh, that moved you um, to have such a passion for learning and growing? I think, uh, I think a desire of wanting to be better, uh, wanting to become more like other men I really respected a lot, uh, like, like a Mike Tolliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going, I want to be like that. I want to have faith like he has faith. I want to have vision like he has vision. And going, you know, I really want to learn how to become like that because I really want my life to make a difference and really matter. From your journey, seeing it going from, I remember, I remember there's a phase where that dream seemed out of reach. I think full-time ministry seemed out of reach. Yes. And, and I remember asking you about it. I, I, I vividly remember a conversation we had, and I said, hey, so full-time ministry dreams where are you at with with all of this and you and your response to me in that period was that's for the young you know like that's for like the inter the people that are interning or mm. that are coming up in this full-time ministry role or gig it's for people that you know in their early 20s they're college students and you i remember again if my memory serves me correct you told me how many 30 year olds do you know <laughs> that are starting out in full-time ministry and into into your to your validity of that statement, I couldn't think of many who are starting out trying to jump into a full-time ministry position in their 30s. But here you are. And I think while that might, might have been a, a period of, um, a lower period as far as vision and passion, it was, it's great to see you here today mm-hmm. and seeing that dream you had um, realized and that to come to fruition of you being in the full-time ministry, you're leading a church, and the, the impact that you're making is, mm-hmm. um, is felt everywhere. Again, even, in, even for me, I think I, I see that. And, and for years, I've gone, if I could tap into some of the passion you have, then I'd be okay. Awesome. Thank you, Derek. It's really nice of you to say that, bro. Now, what would you say is the difference between being emotional and being passionate? It's a good question. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of misconceptions about that. You know, passion is not about just getting all emotional and worked up because you heard a, a great message or something. Uh, it's not about, you know, feelings. However, passion does include feelings. No, passion is about having a sense of calling. Like God is calling me to action. Uh, I need to feel a sense of excitement and enthusiasm about God with Allow me to hear something or see something that I feel like he's trying to show me something here. And he's trying mm. to, he's calling me to action. Yes. So it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a motivation. It's a, 
it's an intensity and excitement about wow you know god wants to use me over here i, I you know i get to be used by god right mm, i remember doing this activity where i was kind of charting out the course of my life like it, it, from the earliest memories that i can hold on to and how the, to me i'm able to see god's hand even before i was even trying to pursue god I was able to see God's hand at work shaping me and molding me and getting me prepared and ready for mm -hmm. this season right now. Mm -hmm. And I remember going back and I was wondering, like, when did I first start writing? Where it was, like, somewhat meaningful. And I remember, like, being in eighth grade and, you know, I had a girlfriend and I remember starting to write her poetry. And uh, I think, like, she did me wrong, disrespected me or whatever. And then, but even in that pain, I remember still writing her. Mm -hmm. But I, I just think about that season as... I think God was showing me, even in eighth grade, what are you in eighth grade? You're, what, four years from, so you're like 14, beginning to write. And I'm certainly passionate about writing now because I see the influence it can have for people that you never even meet, right? I can potentially help somebody on the other side of the planet by something I write, whether it's online or in a book. But, but seeing, to your point about God's calling, how was he showing me back then what he was preparing me for? Or even I talk about uh, frequently, when I got into basketball, it segued easily into hip hop. And then in, in our day and age with Google, you could hop in and look at the, the top hip hop songs of 1995. Yeah. You get like mm -hmm. 50 songs in 1996. And I, I would go back and I was wondering from 95, how many songs will I really, could I quote today? Mm -hmm. Okay, so 95 was like five songs. And in 96, it was like eight songs. The 97 was about 12 songs. Mm -hmm. And each year that went by, there was more songs that I could quote even here. So 95, what's that? That's 24 years later, I could quote some of these songs. But I believe, back to the calling, that God was helping me to understand the value of learning content, memorizing content, and storing that within me. Now, for then, it was vulgar. It was inappropriate. It was disrespectful to women. It was degrading. All of these things, for that, that content I was absorbing then. But then in the spiritual journey, clinging on to great content, not just to benefit me in my life, mm -hmm. but then to be able to pass on to other people around me is a powerful thing. But just back to your point of calling and, and understanding God has led me to this yes. for a reason and for a purpose. Um, I think that's, uh, I think there's, a, uh, there's incredible power in, under, in looking for, how, for what your calling is. Absolutely. It's like, while God's showing me something that maybe people around me don't see, uh, God is also giving me the, the abilities, the gifts, the talents to be able to take action about whatever problem or needs that I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely a, a sign that, hey, wow, there's something special going on here. Mm -hmm. And to your point about, um, I like how you brought up talent, mm -hmm. because um, I think about talent and even what you said about being emotional. I can be emotionally excited about singing, right? but I'm, I'm a horrible singer. Like, nobody has ever asked me to sing at their wedding. I've never asked them to sing, am I true? <laughs> nobody has ever asked me um, to sing, period, right? In fact, I, I, I recite the few times, like, you know, in, in our churches, you show up to an event, and if you're, you're the most seasoned guy around, like, they're like, hey, well, um, nobody here <laughs> knows the words. You actually know the words, at least. So then I'll, I'll go up and I'll sing the song. And then one of the sisters came up to me afterward and goes, hey, thanks for trying. Which is like one of those uh, like backhanded compliments, wow. right? <laughs> but understanding that just because, as we see it on TV, those, those singing shows where somebody's enthusiastic, they're mm -hmm. energetic, they're emotionally about it. Like in, and then 
they do it, but they have no talent. Right. And they don't have this skill set to take them where they need to be in that field. And, and I think that's where, where, to your point about calling comes in mm-hmm. because I can get emotional about a lot of topics. That's right. I can get emotional about a lot of hobbies. Doesn't mean that it's a calling. That's exactly right. You know, it's a miracle when you got, okay, I have the talent and abilities to execute something. And I also see a need and a problem that's going on. And I actually care enough to mm-hmm. want to do something about it. How did those three things intersect mm-hmm. is completely a miracle. I think my wife and I were having a conversation about why knowing your strengths mm-hmm. and knowing your talents help open up your entire world. And um, she can quote mine because I pray about my, mine regularly. I pray about my five strengths, and I pray about it's communication, positivity, focusing, achieving, and maximizing. And it, it, and I have a, I have an acronym. It's called CPFAM. You okay. know, so CPFAM is are, are my gifts. Now, what I pray about is for doors to be open, mm-hmm. for um, for doors to be open, for the path to be made clear that I may be filled up and poured out, using my gifts and my strengths to serve mm-hmm. people around me. And to your point, with the gentleman, the, the, the leader from USAA, we had the conversation about, and, and I didn't realize he was, he was pre-interviewing me while we were hanging out, but that's what he was doing. But we were having a conversation about what helped you get ready for a leadership interview that mm-hmm. you interviewed for before. And, and, and uh, again, now it's easy to, easier to see that he was pre-interviewing me, but I didn't realize it then. But I was telling him, it wasn't, I did a lot of preparation for the, the interview when I stepped into a leadership role in the corporate world, but a lot of the content in which I spoke about was simply me understanding my gifts mm-hmm. and then volunteering actively to be able to fulfill a need around me, whether I was at work or in the community, asking, um, going to my leader at work and going, hey, there's a, there's a, there's a meeting. Um, I have some great content that I've been reading that might be helpful for team building. Mm-hmm. If, if, if there's any time during the meeting, I would love to be able to, to just mm-hmm. use the gift of facilitation, communication to uplift the morale of the team and to help our relationships to get stronger. But, but just to your point of, of that intersection, that calling the talent, the need, and fulfilling the need, mm-hmm. and then seeing how that's blessed multiple times over. Absolutely. Now, what would you say stops people from being passionate? I think when we're not praying consistently and passionately um, with, with God and talking to God about what is your plan, what is your purpose for my life, how do you want to use me, um, why am I here on this planet, mm-hmm. am, I, am I living for that or living for something else? I think when we don't ask God questions like that and we're not talking to God on a consistent basis, it's going to be really hard to, mm-hmm. to have a sense of purpose and a sense of passion about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I like how you came back to purpose. There's a quote that stood out to me. I think it came from Mark Twain, but it, but it describes there's the two most important days of, of, of your life is the day you were born and the, and the, and the day you found out why. Mm. And That's right. In that why, there's everything. Everything mm-hmm. in that if I see my gifts and I see the needs, and, and I see my gift didn't happen by accident. This is purposeful. There is a reasoning behind why I'm gifted in this area. That's right. Because in, in, as I mentioned earlier, there's 
a lot of things I'm not great at. I'm not great at drawing. Mm-hmm. I'm not great at science. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not great at, you know, p- pick a bunch of areas and I have no gift. And, and nobody, nobody's ever asked me to decorate their house, right? Because right. you know, that's not an area of gift whatsoever. Nobody's asked, asked, asked me to help them pick out the colors for their wedding, right? Like, that's not a, 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 a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say, and, and even though you, I think you had, this happened with you this weekend, um, people have asked me, have given me abnormal invitations mm-hmm. to use the gifts that I actually do have. Mm-hmm. And what, what I did think about abnormal invitations, I mean, when somebody asked me to officiate a wedding for the first time, mm-hmm. I turned and I said, I don't know if I'm given, I have permission. I'm not like a full-time right. minister guy. I'm a, I'm a corporate guy working in the corporate world. I, I don't know what I would need. I don't know if I would even be endorsed mm-hmm. by our local church and even doing something like that. I don't know if I have the permission, if you will, to, mm-hmm. to do that. But that was, to me, that was a rare, it was an abnormal opportunity to use my area of gifts. Or last year, which was probably the, the most weird one, which was um, I was asked to speak to a, uh, a group of women focused on professional development. And I'm, and I'm just going, wait, like me, I'm, you surely have the wrong person. But they, they, but they knew a little bit about my background, and they, and they wanted me to, to, to come in and speak, which was an incredible privilege and an opportunity. I think we had a blast. But I go back to I've, I've received rare and weird and abnormal invitations mm-hmm. to use my gift because I've traced back, why am I here? Well, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be using my gift of communication to elevate and pick people up. Yeah, yeah. And it's really easy to miss the why am I here because I think we get busy Mm-hmm. We're so busy, mm-hmm. we haven't stopped and thought about, well, why am I here? I think it's easy to, to get consumed with bills, debt, uh, problems, uh, conflicts, mm-hmm. uh, discouraging situations, setbacks in life. And I think those things tend to blind us from mm-hmm. seeing the purpose that right. God has for our life. And, and tell me what you think about this, but our culture um, is consumed and saturated with watching other people live life on a screen that's right? true and you think about I, I when i every time i look at statistics about um the hours of amount of time that, we, that people spend watching tv mm-hmm. and and the crazy thing about it is in the the amount of tv that's watched that is not even reality right it's just right. people that are portraying what reality could potentially be like mm-hmm. um but uh, how would you say that even some of our culture um somewhat hinders people from finding their passion or from being passionate yeah, I think it's it's real easy in our society today to just merely go to work, go home, chill out, play video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can spend a lot of time wasting time. Yes. We, and it's okay to do those things, but when we do them in excess, mm-hmm. we're wasting a lot of time. But we don't have much time to work with. That's right. And so I, I do think, too, with our fast-paced life, Everybody's everybody's busy. Everybody. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got things going on. I'm busy too. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, but we're so busy, but we're not stopping asking, well, why am I busy? Mm-hmm. And, what, and, and am I doing what I'm supposed to be yes, doing? Yes, that's spot on. When one of my, uh, my coworkers passed away a couple of months ago, um, mm. I, I, it made me check how I'm using my time. Yeah. Right. And, and ironically, I found out about him passing mm-hmm. with another coworker, mm-hmm. and we were playing NBA 2K. So we were playing games, and it made me ask the question of how much time do I really 
want to spend here. Now, I love using it to connect with yeah, other people. I love doing it to kind of dis- to disconnect and to get some down, uh, relaxing time. But I did have to ask, what will a boundary be for me? Because I believe I'm, sp- I'm here for a reason. That's right. But I'm never going to get closer to that reason by playing a game unless I'm like top tier guy. And that's, again, back to... Yeah. Why I'm here, I'm you know like I think I think of a guy like uh, like Ninja. This guy is one of the most um, well-known gamers, and he has an opportunity to influence people with his platform. Right. That's not me though. I'm, right. I'm I'm not nobody's ever offered me money to play a game or anything like that. But I, there's something about death that wakes and jolts me. Mm-hmm. It makes me go, all right, this life isn't permanent. Is it? Is this life on this side isn't forever? Sure. So whatever you're going to be doing with this time, it's fleeting. Yes. And you have a small window, so be mindful of that of the amount of time we could spend wasting. Absolutely. Now, um, maybe the last topic we'll cover is I know you've been touching on vision. Vision yeah. is, is and how would you say they're connected and even different? Vision and passion. You know, I read this book called Breakout Churches, and mm-hmm. it said, uh, "Without passion, there is no vision." Mm-hmm. And that really shook me. That really convicted me because it made me think: if I'm gonna have vision for my life and even vision for my church, you know, it's gotta. I've gotta first have passion. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I passionate about? What What do I feel like is something that God has called me to do, and am I doing it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Kind of like Paul says, mm-hmm. complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Right. Paul had a sense of I've been given a task. I need to complete this. But it's not just Paul. Every human being on this planet has been given a task by God. Mm-hmm. And we think about, I think about vision, and um, vision statements are common. And, uh, and for with their business, mm-hmm. I know even classes I've taken when I was doing um, the psychology program with, in, with the specialty in life coaching, mm-hmm. it had you um, thinking about a vision statement for your life. Um, how common would you say it is where somebody has a vision statement for their life? Extremely rare. Extremely rare. Extremely rare, and um, and for as as you think about helping people find a vision statement, what would you see, say if, if anything different than we've what we've already covered? Um, finding a vision statement for their group. I know you're I know you're putting together a vision statement for your group in Tulsa. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say that could help people out there, maybe that are in a leadership role that are thinking about a vision statement for? The group that they're leading, whether they're leading in a church environment or a business environment, or uh, even a, even a family, you know, how would you yeah um, advise them about preparing for that? I think we gotta we gotta all look towards the future and say, where do we want to be five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now? What's the dream of where we want to be? Mm-hmm. I think we've got to pray and ask God for direction, ask God for vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so many guys in the Bible. Moses, it was never his dream to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. That was God's dream. Mm-hmm. And it was never Paul's dream to bring the Gentiles into the kingdom, mm-hmm. nor Peter, their dream. But that was God's dream. Right. So I think we gotta got to really spend a lot of time with God and asking him, for, mm-hmm. well, where, where are you trying to take my life? Uh, and how do I get there? Um, I think also, too, with vision, we got to, with vision, I, I think there's got to be a lot of think time. Mm-hmm. I think, again, we're, we're so busy. Right, and we're distracted that we really don't take the time to really stop and think Thank about you. that. Big time. Uh, and I'll, I think another thing that kills us, I think a lot of times we compare ourselves to other people. Well, That's I don't right. have his talents, I don't have his gifts, I can't do what he did, what he he does over there, 
And we start feeling insignificant and insecure mm-hmm. about who we are. Wow. And we go, well, I can't see God using me in a big way, but I can see him using this other guy in a big way. And, mm-hmm. and then we started to minimize how important our life is yes. on earth. And we get caught up in that so much when we see singers. Yeah, yeah, we, like, you know, a lot of us can't sing. We see speakers. A lot of people can't speak, right. which, is, which is completely good and fine and okay because finding out my unique niche and how I can contribute, we don't all need to look the same, mm-hmm. sound the same, That's be right. the same. But understanding, I, I like how you brought it back to um, the tendency of looking at ourselves as insignificant, but seeing myself, wait, I'm significant, I'm valuable, I'm important. And because of that, I need to figure out um, where I fit in with this big picture and how I can contribute um, to, uh, to ultimately benefit those around me. And I think that's what, that's what always moves me is, is uh, when I'm thinking about vision, I'm thinking about not just how can I benefit me, but how can I, I provide the most value and benefits to people around me? Yeah, absolutely. And even, again, d- denying the, the opportunity to interview with, with USAA, for me it was about which opportunity will help me influence the most amount of people possible. Yes. And as, like I mentioned earlier with the vision, what are the needs and the problems that are around me? See, that, that's not even about, this vision isn't about me. The vision is about others. Mm-hmm. What is a need that others have? What is what are problems that others have that I could be solving? Yes. But instead, I'm, you know, I don't want to ignore those needs. I don't want to uh, uh, see a need and, and just think of someone else's problem mm-hmm. or look or say, oh, someone else is going to fix that. Right. Although I saw it, I need to. I should do something about That's it. That's right. That's right. And uh, and in my wife, she has the gift of observation, mm-hmm. and so she sees everything. You know, I could. I can move a pot, you know, in one of our cabinets and she could notice. And I'm like, how did you like, she'll be in the kitchen and she'll remind me two days later, did you move a pot? Like, and I'm like, yeah, but I didn't like use that. I just kind of, you know, right. she's like, I noticed it was off from where it had, had oh. to last. So she's one of those people who will go into a restaurant, look around and see people that are working there and come back a year or two later and notice who's colored their hair. That's, wow. just, that's just what she does. Your wife should be like a, a detective or something. <laughs> that's man. like her undercover gift. But then she sees, but then what happens is, she sees people in, in, that are going through, like that are in pain. Mm-hmm. And not just physical, I'm talking about emotional pain or relational pain. She sees, she grabs yeah. onto that and she sees it. And sometimes she goes, man, I wish I didn't. Sometimes it's like, sometimes I wish I didn't see it because I wouldn't be responsible. But to take what you said of, if people have problems around me and I observe it, maybe I'm the one mm-hmm. that's supposed to do something to bring about help and to yeah. bring about a benefit, to bring about... Um, even change right there's there's a million problems around all of us yes and you know we we've got to take action mm-hmm. on something but again it comes from passion i see a problem i am motivated i'm driven i'm enthusiastic about doing something to help somebody else mm-hmm. and uh and it, it, and for people that don't even know their gifts yet it's a it's yeah. a powerful way to find out through helping other people and the serving you know uh it's funny you mentioned gifts you know we don't spend enough time, I think, stopping and thinking about, well, what are my gifts? What mm-hmm. are my talents? Maybe I should ask people who know me, who yes. see me every day. That's right. And say, do I have gifts? What gifts do you see? What talents do you see? Mm-hmm. What abilities do I have? Right. Everybody has something. That's right. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we place a higher value in our society over some over the other. Sure. But they all have value. That's right. And we shouldn't let human beings define if that gift is valuable or not. Mm-hmm. Only God can define that. But I do think that a lot of times 
we think, oh, I'm just average. No, you're special. That's right. Because God is giving you something special. Mm -hmm. And if we can't see what those gifts are, we got to either take a skills assessment yes. test. You can do it online. They have like strength finders. Yes, yeah, strength high finders. Five. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do all those things. Mm -hmm. Go ask your friends. Ask your family. Ask your coworkers. Uh, ask people that know you very well. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you feel like some strengths I have? And and that can maybe kind of get you a, to see a sense of value and worth that you have on this planet. Mm -hmm. What's what's powerful about what you said is I think about um, King David mm -hmm. in 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 I think about I think it's the chapter before he slays Goliath, mm -hmm. and uh, he's taken before King Saul, mm -hmm. and the other guys describe his gifts and they talk about he's a he's a warrior, mm -hmm. and they talk about he's well spoken, mm -hmm. and so to me what stood out about their description is. They're talking about what would be his greatest contribution to as far as being. Oh, he would go go on to be a warrior king, and then he would go on to write. I mean, as a communicator, because they said he's great with words. He's mm. a great speaker, and so typically, a great speaker has a way with words. And he would go on to write this incredible poetry that we find in the Psalms, and he was able to to tap into what the people around him described him as. And then use that. Uh, similarly, I think with the Apostle Paul, uh, when I read, I think like Acts 14, and it talks about he, he, was part, he was speaking so effectively, he won a large number of people. That's right. But what surprises me is when he's asking for prayers, like in like, like Colossians chapter 4, when he's talking about, pray for me that I, I may speak clearly. And I'm going, what? Like, Obviously, those prayers were working. <laughs> well, well, yeah, absolutely. That's true. But the timing of the two places is like, well, you were already effective. Why are you asking for more prayers in it? But mm -hmm. there's something to be said about knowing your gifts and continuing to ask people to, that you could even grow even stronger That's right. in your area of giftedness versus, again, me trying to sing or me trying to paint. At best, I'll get to mediocrity. In right. Right. Absolutely, ahead. you're right. What happens is we spend all our time worrying and feeling insecure and feeling discouraged that I'm not good at filling the blank. Mm -hmm. Instead of going, you know what, I'm not good at these 12 things, doesn't matter. I am good at this one thing. Yes. I'm going to get really good at it. I'm going to become an expert in it. And I'm going to figure out how can I use that to serve God mm -hmm. instead of serving myself. Mm -hmm. And is it, is it Malcolm Gladwell that talked about the 10,000 hours? You, you heard that principle? I haven't. Well, I think it was, he was, he was talking about if you want to become an expert in, in, in anything. You need ten thousand hours of, of of experience with it, there you and go. Uh, and I think about that with to me it's a combination. When people ask me, well, oh, you as a as a speaker as a motivational speaker, how does that work? And I, I tell people, it's to me it's two things that I try to do continually, but it's great preparation. So I do a lot of memory work, do a lot of reading, a lot of conversation about leadership and about growth and about you know even today passionate passion, and then. But it's so there's preparation, but there's also performance. Mm -hmm. And in my performance, even going back and looking at or listening to speeches, listening to podcasts like this, and mm -hmm. figuring out how could I have done better, how can I have asked more questions, how can I have engaged better. But it's it's just if I continue in these two areas, being a great preparer and a great performer, and, and enhance in my preparation and performing, then then I believe that my ability mm -hmm. and my skill set will only be enhanced because this is the area of 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 gifts but, that um, that I have. Well, there's something I would like to share with the just all the parents out there. Sure. I think one of the things that could really help parents out a lot is with your, with your children. You got to help them to think purpose, 
concerning their life. Start them off when they're young. Mm-hmm. Talk to them a lot about their purpose. They're not here just randomly. Yes. They're not just going to school. They're not mm-hmm. just going to get a job after school. Why are you here? You need to figure that out. So they need to be thinking about that in childhood. Don't wait till you're 30 to start thinking about it. Like, start mm-hmm. thinking about it in your childhood. Think about it in your teen years. Point out to your kids strengths yes. that you see in them, abilities and talents you see mm-hmm. in them. I see you're very good at this. We got to figure out how to capitalize on this. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out how you're going to use this in your life. Wow. You, you got to, you, and then you got to help your child to develop it, help them to grow it, mm-hmm. help them to get really good at it. Mm-hmm. Instead of having a, 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 having more of a purposeful extracurricular activities or, or purposeful mm-hmm. uh, activities they're involved in. Sure. Wow. Uh, there's a lot there. Now, uh, how would you say that you're, you're doing that? I know you have your, your, your two sons are how old now? Five and two. So you have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. I try to be very observant. Things mm-hmm. I see in them that I know didn't. Like, it's just natural, you know, because they're mm-hmm. little kids. They're not mm-hmm. trying, but you just see it. Right. Um, I know one that my oldest son, he's definitely a very good negotiator. Right? All right. <laughs> Already. It's all Already see it. I don't know sales. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's there. And you go, okay, so I see that. Got to think through how, how is God going to use that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my youngest son, I felt like, um, no, he's still, he's just two. Right, you know, right. It's hard to see. Right, right, here, right. But one thing I have noticed, though, is that when we correct him on stuff, he tends to respond quickly. Wow. And it doesn't take a lot. It seems That's a like blessing. He, it is. It seems like he, he gets the correction quickly. and mm-hmm. He tends to turn, he tends to, to apologize quickly. And, you know, again, he's just two. There's a whole lot we don't know about him just right, yet. Right, right. But here's the thing I do know. God has them both here for a purpose. Yes, right. And their life has meaning here. Mm-hmm. I would hate for them to spend 70, 80 years of their life living for something that has nothing to do with why they're here on this wow. planet. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I really want to do with them is be very observant. Mm-hmm. As they grow up, as they develop, and point out to them, hey, I see you're very good at this. Yes. Hey, I think this is something that may be connected to your purpose. Wow. I don't know. Let's pray about that. Right. But let's also try to work towards mm-hmm. developing and strengthening this. Yes. Because if you start working on it now when you're a kid, wow. imagine where you're going to be when you're 20. Hey, imagine where on. you're going to be when you're 30. Right. Uh, instead of, again, 30, 40 I haven't even thought about purpose. I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about going through school and getting that degree, getting a job, and giving no thought to my purpose of why. Wow. Uh, powerful, powerful, powerful. Uh, you've reminded me of a Vince Carter story, mm-hmm. and uh, he describes the journey of that his parents that his, they had to try out a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. So even like you look at his profile as an athlete and as an as a high schooler, he was it wasn't just basketball. Mm-hmm. He, he played volleyball too. So people don't some people don't know he did that, and he he he, he was on the drum line. Hmm. So his, his parents wanted him to have exposure mm-hmm. to, uh, to different hobbies, mm-hmm. to different extracurricular activities, and not just, and sometimes, you know, we, um, I should say, we shouldn't say we, I should say, um, I've heard of parents projecting their dreams or projecting their ambitions onto their children as opposed to figuring out right, that's different. What, your, what their calling is or what their purpose is that's pr- that might be completely different from what you would want them to do or what you did. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, my son is not me. Mm-hmm. He's his own unique individual. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we've got to figure out, this isn't about me. This really is about what God has called you to. And so what can I do to help you with discovering that? You can't do it and execute it effectively and be passionate about it if you don't even know it exists. Mm-hmm. So we got to at least gotta start with that. Mm-hmm. 
and it can be so easily even like for ministers right oh, oh the minister's children oh right, exactly oh though his minister's son oh he's gonna be in, in the ministry too but absolutely but yes. um i think uh i've heard you you i think your perspective on it, even from what you just said is you'd be somebody who'd go um uh that does not there would be no letdown of, of my child not being in the full-time ministry is that, is that accurate you would say that about yourself absolutely i mean i think Many, if not most, ministers would want their child to be in the ministry too after them, but but that's not why you go into ministry. You go into ministry because you feel like God's called you into the full time mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. And if my son's not called to that, he should not be doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or else he's going to be, it's kind of like, you know, it's like trying to, um, like, uh, it's, it's trying to live for something that you were never designed to be doing to begin mm-hmm. with. Uh, my 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 son, I've noticed with, when it comes to basketball, uh, he can barely even shoot the basketball at the goal. Mm-hmm. I don't think NBA is his calling <laughs> in life. Right, right, uh, right. My neighbor across the street, his son, that guy, he he and I can play probably about the same level of mm-hmm. basketball skill. Son is how old? And this guy is probably about seven years old. Okay, <laughs> he's playing at that level okay. at seven. Wow. I can see him in the NBA. Wow, There's okay. a possibility there. You, again, don't try to fit this square box into this round uh, mm-hmm. hole here. So. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's an incredible insight uh, for parents uh, to be thinking about. I know um, it would be great for us to be able to talk about that uh, you know, on another show as far as um, parenting. I think you have some great insights to offer in that space as well. Um, I do want to be respectful of your time so we can uh, – bring this in for a closing maybe we'll have a few uh the last closing thoughts on passion vision or even if you want to throw something in there about parenting what would you say closing thoughts about um passion if you had a few uh practicals on uh, how to um focus in on passion how to um catch vision you could take it anywhere you want to um as far as closing thoughts what would you say passion is not reserved for just a few people a few special people Mm -hmm. every one of us as human beings have the capability of being passionate Uh, we see that with sports Mm -hmm. we see that with food we see it with music we know how to be passionate yep i think we got to figure out but am i passionate about the purpose for why god has me here on this planet Mm -hmm. that's the thing i need to have more fire more excitement enthusiasm about than anything else I love that. Well, big thank you uh, for joining the, the Strong Life Coach uh, podcast. Of course, um, it's, uh, it's always a, a privilege for me to get time with you and to have a conversation, but then also in, on this platform to be able to share our bond and connection and, our, and some insight uh, with people to really uh, add value and benefit them. So thank you. Derek, thanks so much for inviting me to this podcast. You know it, it brother. Great time. Love you, brother. Appreciate you being here. Oh, I love you very much too, bro.